0: Jesus stories. Join us around the burning bush campfire as we listen to the Holy Spirit speak through others and into us. Lord, prepare our hearts as we have come to be filled by you. Ignite us like only you can.
1: My name's Billie Jean, and I'm 28 years old, and this is my story. Um, I'm going to talk a little bit about me. Whenever I was younger, I was adopted at the age of one by my grandparents. Um, My mom, she is an alcoholic, and she also is an addict. Um, She was very neglectful when it came to me and my sisters. So they adopted me and my two other sisters. Both of my sisters are older than me. Um, One was was two and one was three when we got adopted. we kind of like struggled a little bit, but most of it was like whenever I was in sixth grade. Um, my mom had a husband and I kind of just didn't feel comfortable with him. I just was just aware that he wasn't a good person. And I just always would like pull out my hair when I was around him. He just like would stress me out. Um, I just had like this bad feeling about him. And so we stopped seeing my mom and that husband. I got into counseling and we didn't see each other for a long time. And when I was a freshman, um, I went and seen my mom again and started seeing her husband. She was with the same guy. And uh, we would go out to eat and I'd go stay over there and stuff. And one day he um, molested me. Uh, We went, went out to eat and afterwards he molested me um whenever it was just me and him and that just made me know right there that like i my bad feeling about him whenever i was younger was right um my mom didn't really want to believe me um she even knew that he molested the kids before um his stepkids that he had before me He's, he was a pedophile and my mom knew that and didn't tell anybody and had me around him multiple times and so that's what really got me is that one not only did when she found out, did she show up at my grandparents' house and accuse like and ask me, did he re- really do that? Like I was lying, but she just did not straight up believe me and tried to break him out of jail. Even after he confessed to doing it to me, she still decided that nope, I was wrong. It never happened. Um, and so she would sit there and try to sell her pool tables and stuff like that and was trying to break him out of jail. She still wanted to be with him regardless. So I kind of cut my mom off right there. Um, And I worked really hard on myself, which that was my sophomore year. My sophomore year was my worst year. If you ask me when it comes to high school, I was not focused in school, which I always loved school. Um, I was skipping school or not showing up to school, begging my grandparents to leave me at home because. People were bullying me because it went around my whole high school. Everybody knew what happened to me and everybody was making their own stories up about what happened, even though they weren't there and they didn't know the true story. They were just basing it off what somebody else said. Um, And even the cops showed up at my school and they brought my sister who knew nothing about it in there and questioned her, brought like my ex-boyfriends and my ex-friends in there and ask them if they knew me and stuff to ask about the situation. Um, and so I feel like it was just very, very traumatizing, not like just what happened, but just like the cops coming into the school and asking everybody questions and stuff. I feel like it just affected me a lot. And so I went to like a huge depression and I was still a virgin at the time. And I kind of lost my virginity after that because I just felt so dirty and felt like I had no worth. And so it led me kind of down a bad path of, like, just not caring about myself and, like, n- just doing whatever I really wanted and just not caring anymore. Um, I kind of, like, I kind of was just numb. I, at the end, I had just no feelings and just didn't care anymore. Um, We did end up having an investigation. Um, He ended up pleading guilty and I did not have to end up going to court, but I was prepared and did have a backup plan if he did have it where we went to court. I had the bikers that were going to walk around me and then I also had his previous stepdaughters who were going to sit there and testify for me, um, which I was very appreciative of. But in the end, we didn't have to do that because he did plead guilty and he went to jail for it. I actually did have an opportunity recently to go testify against him whether he should stay in jail again or not. But I did tell myself that um, it wasn't my place at the time because I feel like he already affected so much of my life that I didn't need to go testify that if God wanted him to be there, then he would be back in jail. And now he's back in jail and it it was all in God's hands. Thank you, Lord. Um, But. Then whenever I was a junior and a senior, I ended up going back to church because I kind of fell out of church whenever all that happened to me. Um, And whenever I was going to church, I ended up meeting a pastor's kid. I actually did not know he was a pastor's kid when I started hanging out with him, which was funny because I started going to his church. And then. Like nobody told me he was the pastor's kid and I was hanging out with him a lot and. Then one day someone mentioned he was the pastor's kid. I was like, what? <laughs> like, it just like didn't dawn on me at all. So that was funny. But uh, we ended up becoming best friends. And then we ended up becoming uh, each other's significant other. And uh, we dated for about a year and a half. And then when I graduated high school, I kind of got lost again. um, Because I didn't know what to do with my life. Like I had a plan, but I didn't at the same time. Like, I had an opportunity to go to a Christian college in Tulsa. They actually had a scholarship for me and everything. Um, but I kind of got lost in, before going to college. Um, I didn't know what to do with my life. And I ran away from my grandparents and left the pastor's kid. Um, and just started like jumping house to house. And just like trying to find love in like the wrong places. Um, and then... I ended up falling in love with a 28 year old, but I don't think I was really in love with him. I was just like, thought I was in love with him and stayed with him for about a month. And then I found another guy who was actually a year younger than me. He was 17 and I was 18 at the time. Um, And him and his mom let me move in with them and grab it. And I was with him for about a year off and on. And, um, it wasn't the best relationship. It was actually far from what I wanted in my life. Um, I felt like he was very controlling. He was very abusive. He'd put his hands on me. And when I was at work, him and his mom would come up there trying to just make sure that I wasn't calling the cops on him. Um, because they weren't focused about like what happened to me. They were focused on if he went to jail or not. and. One day I decided to move my stuff all out of the house t- to my grandparents' house. I told him I just had too much stuff. It was just in the way. And uh, I got invited to a family trip to go to Civil Dollar City. And as soon as I hit the Missouri State Line, I ended up uh, telling him it was over. And he's like, can we talk when we get back? And I said, no, I'm going to enjoy my time with my family. And I did. And we never talked again. And. Um, But then after that, I jumped in another relationship after moving back with my grandparents for like about a week. Um, This guy just decided he was going to rescue me. You know, I should have known right there that was a red flag. Um, He ended up being abusive as well. You know, you think when you pour your previous relationships into somebody, you think they want to abuse you as well. You think, Telling them all the stuff that happened to you, you think that would make them not want to do the same thing to you, but it literally happened again. But it was worse, um, and I was with him probably about the same time, about a year. But I kind of like lost myself in that because he wanted to run away to California, and I ended up going with him. So it's like being away from my family um, was one that was really hard. Two, I was in a place that I probably shouldn't have been. It was a hippie commune, which at the time, you know, I was smoking and stuff. And, like, that's what I thought was the life was, you know, smoking in the middle of the desert. Um, but him and his sister were there with me, and she ended up leaving. And I just feel like the relationship just got even more traumatic than it was when we were in Arkansas. Um People in the desert could hear him yelling at me and how he was treating me. And so I ended up actually um, hitchhiking um, two towns over to finally get to a Greyhound bus. I had to sit there and go from one vehicle to another vehicle, just begging people for a ride just to the Greyhound. And my mom actually paid for my ticket to get back home to Arkansas, which I actually was very grateful for. Like, yeah, she's done a lot wrong to me, but that's one thing she did do good was sitting there making sure I got home to my grandparents, and I was very grateful for that, and so um, I left that relationship, and I'm telling you, I was literally on high with life, like, I had not, like, going from an abusive relationship to an abusive relationship, it just, like, got to me so much, but being by myself and knowing, like, I can be whoever I want to be and knowing that somebody else isn't going to control what I want to do or telling me I can't talk or can't do something. Like it just felt good to know, like I could do whatever I wanted, <laughs> like I could just be me and I was happy and I could feel that happiness. And um, for, for a little bit, when I came back, I kind of did a little bit of the club lifestyle, but I only did that for like a month. And I met a guy at the club and I was with him for a little bit, um, but it just seemed too much for me. He was kind of a red flag too, because his mom mentioned that he raped a girl and I kind of feel like being with him, it kind of scared me. So he was that kind of person that would sit there and like jump in the shower with me, think he had to bathe me, would call me his princess. And like, I just had like an icky feeling about it. and. I'm really bad about like being in a relationship and considering a guy being with you considering that rape. But I feel like no matter if I said no or not, he constantly would want to have sex and it made me so uncomfortable. And so I didn't even tell him that I was leaving. I told him I was moving in with my friend and we were going to have our own apartment and he thought we were still going to be together. But I actually had a different plan. The guy I'm with right now, Chase, um, he just happened to fall in my lap I like I, I ended up getting his number and we just started talking after not talking for a while um and he kind of just like I always say rescued me he didn't necessarily rescue me though like he just like kind of helped me move out of um that situation um and so we ended up moving into me and my friend ended up living in an apartment in Bentonville and, um, I ended up meeting Chase and Chase and his friend ended up moving in and we lived together and stuff. And I just felt like safe with Chase. Like I knew, like I just had like this good feeling. Like he had a good vibe about him. Like I just didn't feel any red flags. I don't know how to explain that. Like he, he just made me feel safe. Something about him just made me feel safe and at home. And I've never been a person like my longest relationship was with the pastor's son, and that was a year and a half. Um, I've never been a good person about staying in a relationship if they had anything bad about them, negative about them, or even if they were too nice. I just didn't want to stay in that relationship. So, me and Chase had been together for about five years, and I decided, you know, I was okay with. Going on vacation. I wanted a baby so bad, but I always struggled to have a baby. Um, and so one day, you know, COVID's around at this time, and I was very nauseous. And I called my friend, said, Hey, I feel like I'm going to faint. You want to take me to the hospital? Ended up going to the hospital, and they told me I had the flu. Well, a week later, I went to the hospital again because I felt the same way. And they said, Honey, you're pregnant. And I found out that I was going to have a little girl not too long after that. And during my pregnancy story, um, I found out my daughter was going to be born with spina bifida. And that day I cried a little bit and I planned on going walking that day um, afterwards before I found out about that. And so me and my friend decided after I told her a little bit about what happened and finding out about my daughter's diagnosis, we ended up still going walking. I stopped crying and I just put it in God's hands right there. We even took a few different pictures of me um, at the walking trail and they ended up turning out so beautiful, just like out by the water and just like the most beautiful scenery, just like of what God does like has made for us. And I just feel like that right there, just knowing that I had so much faith that day and knowing that my daughter was going to be OK, because they told me that she was going to be born paralyzed that day. And I feel like that's the part that hit me the most when they said that it just broke my heart into two. And um, I feel like it got to me at first, but just knowing that I could put it in God's hands was just amazing to me because I actually hadn't like been close to God for a while. And that's whenever I feel like I was the closest to him at that moment in time. Um, and my my pregnancy story was pretty crazy because I was on bed rest a lot. I had placenta previa, where your placenta is on your cervix. Um, I had an opportunity where Amethyst could have surgery while she was still in my womb, but because I had placenta previa, I was not eligible, which was fine with me. Um, I actually got airlifted to Little Rock at. Uh, 28 weeks. Um, I ended up staying there until no. I'm sorry. I was 30 weeks pregnant whenever I uh, ended up getting airlifted, and then at 32 weeks, my amniotic fluid started leaking. I don't know how, but I knew. I told the doctors. I said my amniotic fluid's leaking. They're like, we'll we'll test it and make sure. They came back and they said it sure is. And somehow I just knew I had that mom gut or something. And then they told me two weeks later, I'd be having my daughter at 34 weeks and we did an ultrasound the week before and they said she was going to be five pounds. She actually came out six pounds, 7.4 ounces, which made me feel amazing because she had to have surgery the next day. And, you know, that's my one thing is I was concerned about her weight for her to have surgery the next day. Um, She ended up having surgery. She did amazing. And then a couple of weeks later, she had to have another surgery because she had hydrocephalus, which is where your fluid builds up on your brain. And she was actually borderline. So hers kind of was more of a precaution because I think they didn't want us to come back home and, and then have to drive three hours back if she had to have a shunt put in. So they just went ahead and put it in there just to make sure she was safe. And then uh, about a week later, she had to have another surgery because her back ended up opening back up. So they had to re-suture her back. And after the second surgery, though, she whenever she had her brain shot put in, um, they put her on morphine and she actually did die in front of us. Um, And I feel like I was just so confident that she was going to live. And it was kind of like a bitter moment, but it's also happy because. She ended up moving her legs for the first time. That's the first time i seen my daughter's legs move. And they said she was going to be paralyzed. So, like, that got me more than anything. Like, that was just amazing to me. I was in awe about that. And I just feel like she just gives me so much faith and, like, so much strength. Like, she shows me what true strength is every day. Um, I'm very blessed because recently my daughter has been walking. Um, Yes, she does have a walker, but still it's progress. And so I'm very grateful for that. I know one day she will walk without a walker and I am ready to see that. I want to say. Before she was two, we started getting back into church. My friend Megan actually invited me to church after me not going. I don't know why, but as an adult, I never thought to go to church, you know, So I started going back to church with my daughter and it just felt like home the first day going there. Like, I just felt so welcomed. Everybody was just so loving and it just felt amazing to know that even on the first day, I had so many people who already cared about me. And like, I've been going there. It'll be a year in February. No, it'll be two years in February. Um. Even whenever I'm struggling and going through like a depression phase, I have people who reach me, reach out on me, and they sit there and like let me know that they care about me and that they're here for me. And so that feels really good. And just knowing how excited my daughter is for church every time, like that's one thing that gets me the most. Like I can be in a depression phase and my daughter can say church and want to go to church. And it just makes me want to jump out of bed to go take her to church because she knows she's loved there. She knows it's home and she just knows I, like i feel like she knows more about jesus you know as a child than i probably did years ago because she's just picking up on so much that people are teaching her there and like her saying god is almighty like that just like melts my heart like those little things that they teach her that she says and it just feels like home and i feel like you know before as a kid i would go to church and stuff And I wasn't fully grasping everything they were teaching me or I wasn't reading my Bible outside of church or I wasn't praying outside of church. And now, like knowing that I am reading my Bible and I am praying and I'm being more aware. And then, like, whenever they teach you at church, they sit there and they tell you, make sure you're reading your Bible and verifying what I'm saying and making sure what I'm saying is actually correct and making sure that, you know, you're not just. Basing your faith off of what one person is saying. You're basing it off of actually reading it and knowing that it's true, not just based off of what someone else is saying. And also, not making your faith like, not just feeding off of what someone else's faith is, making sure your faith is actually your faith and not just someone else's faith, or you're hoping that they'll pray over you because you don't believe that your prayer works and just having that power. I feel like a lot has changed since I've gone to church. Um, You know, they always talk about in church that don't be one way at church and then a different person outside of church. You want to be the same person because someone's constantly watching you. Not only do you need to be that way because someone's constantly watching you, you need to do it because that's who you are and you want to make sure that you're being genuine. And so like one thing I've worked on is I'm usually a person that cusses like a sailor and I've worked really hard to not cuss. Or if I do, I I try not to cuss so much. I try to catch myself. I'm not perfect. Um, I was a person that smoked all the time and like depended on it. And now I'm that person. I don't have to depend on something um, to change me. I'm more focused on God and reading my Bible and making sure I'm actually doing what I say I'm doing and filling my cup up more and not, not having someone else constantly fill my cup up. I'm making sure I'm filling myself up. All right. I just want to let everybody know if you have a special needs child and you feel alone that Jesus is there for you and he knows he has a plan for your child and he knows. Um, what your story is he knows he has a hold on he has a vision for you he knows um there's a plan for your child and for you and he has a reason for everything that he does and I just don't want you to lose faith just know that you have somebody here for you no matter what and he's he's up here and he's he's never he never leaves you alone my name is Billie Jean and this is my story
0: Thank you for listening to Jesus Stories. Revelation twelve eleven tells us that we overcome the enemy by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. If the Holy Spirit used this testimony to speak to you today, we want to hear about it. If you love the show, make sure to give us a rating, like, comment, and share to help people find God's healing power through the testimony of others. If you're new in your walk with Jesus or haven't even started yet, we have resources for you. Find all contact information and resources in the show notes. Blessings to you, friend, and we will see you next week. Jesus Stories is a ministry of Hidden Gems. If you would like to learn more about Hidden Gems, find the website link and other important information in the show notes.